Hey there, it's Coach Tim. Welcome another to another podcast with a wonderful guest. We're here at Spider Cave Studios, Torrance, California, and I am with master hypnotist Adam Goodson of Changes Impact Impactful Changes. Impactful Changes. I'm sorry I tripped over that. Uh, Adam is a friend, so I know I know his name better than his business name, and and uh, but I wanted him. I've been begging him for two years to get on with a, a an interview because when we talk, there is just magical nuggets that are dropped. So I want to welcome Adam Goodson, actually in studio today with us. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, and yeah, it's it's funny. We we do say we're going to do a podcast slash interview. And then, like, a really in-depth conversation takes place, and we totally forget to hit the record button. Yes. We, and <laughs> there's, we've, 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 uh, we've learned a lot. I, I wanted to bring, uh, you on because you've taught me so much about, uh, football coaching, uh, and then into business. Um, not only are you, uh, a hypnotist and deal with some real screwed up problems that people have, but you also help people, uh, move on to their next level of success. And I wanted to get into both of those. So can you kind of explain what is it that you do? So what is it that I do? So I do sales as well. I love doing sales. I love doing persuasion and, and that's fun. Like that gives me more money to pay my bills. And then I also do another thing where I do hypnosis, where I sit down with um, people who are dealing with trauma, specifically trauma, emotional pains, and they're looking for nine times out of 10. And I say nine times out of 10 because they're usually dealing with a negative emotion that they have not resolved. And so they're looking to resolve it and they're looking for clarity. They're looking for a clear purpose. Like, why am I here? What am I doing with my life? Uh, what do I want to do with my life? And so that image, that idea of their purpose is very foggy and unclear because they have anger and sadness and guilt and judgment and fear and they're grieving and they've all these losses and they simply haven't resolved it. So once they have that resolved, they start finding out that they can think clearly without the idea of that traumatic event being in the background. Um, they can actually move forward instead of looking backwards. So, that's so, a- so how does, how does me being having trauma, first of all, what is trauma? And then how does me having it stop me from getting done what I, I want to get done? Excellent question. So, uh, I'll say this. A lot of people like right now we're seeing with the military PTSD and people are saying, well, you know, 20% of people in the military have PTSD of some sorts. And okay. I hear that. I'm going to say something is totally ridiculous. And a lot of people will say, I disagree with that. And I'm going to say 99% of the entire planet is dealing with trauma. (laughs) Okay. So, um, Instead of using that tag word trauma, we're going to say it's a significant emotional event. So if you've lived on this planet more than five years, you would have witnessed something traumatic at some level. Even if it's, say, a young man who came to see me several years ago, he had a problem where he couldn't get any dates. It's like, I keep going on dates. I can't get a girlfriend. 
I know I can meet women. I know there's nothing wrong with me, but for some reason I can't keep a girlfriend. What happens? We get an argument. Well, I dig a little deeper, find out that he's dealing with the negative emotions of anger and sadness, which are secondary. Um, you, you, most people feel hurt or pain or embarrassment. And then they feel that and they're like, well, I don't want to feel that. I'm just going to get pissed off. And I'm going to block it out or I'm going to get really sad and depressed and block it out. So they're not really dealing with a core issue. And this gentleman, we started poking around and I started asking questions and, and finding out when his, you know, the events that were significant for him emotionally around anger and sadness were. And it was him being a young man playing in the backyard with a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger sword. And his parents were having a barbecue and the kid was hitting house guests with the sword. <laughs> He's been an annoying little shit of a kid. God bless him. You know, we've all been there. And so his mom came up, took the sword away, smacked him on the bottom, told him he was a bad boy. And he cried. On a scale of one to 10, how traumatic is that? Like a three. Yeah. But in that little window, as a small young boy of an anger level of one to 10 as a three, the next time he feels anger, it goes up to four. It goes up to five. It goes up to seven. It goes up to 10. And that's why we see men now who are in their 40s have anger problems with depression. And they're going, why am I depressed? And why do I have heart disease? Well, your blood pressure is all screwed up because you're an angry ball of rage. Hang up the cell phone, pull over and breathe. Well, let's go down to the first moment and address that. So when I did that, if you want to get into Sigmund Freud symbolism, his mommy taking his sword away was mommy taking away his penis and he resented all women. And that was his answer, not mine. So it's really me sitting down, having the person's some conscious mind, unconscious mind, relate back and reflecting that in a non-judgmental so you got to have some serious trust for a person to say that. Not just trust, but I have to come in from a place of unbiased. Um, so after that session, we, we worked on some other things. I think it was about two weeks later. He's going on dates, has a great girlfriend, and he was also you know college-educated man, entrepreneur, and he was living with his parents. So of course he was stressed out because he was still mad at his mom. So he patched things up with his mom. Patched up things with his dad, uh, had a successful business run, and now he's working at a marketing firm, and he's also working with a world-famous tennis coach to, to get his product out there even more so. Um, and so that's that, that's my typical client. That's my typical client, unresolved trauma in the youth. Um, doesn't always have to be a, an explosion in Baghdad, but I've had that with, with military veteran clients. So those are the people. And I you're with. a veteran also. Let's yes. be clear. Yeah. You, you, you served for how many years? Nine. I did nine, nine years. Nine years. Yeah. And, and, and part of your, your journey has been dealing with the issues that you had from being in, in the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how deep you want to go into that, but well, it's- I'm, I'm very open about it. Um, so I did nine years in the military. Uh, I was married. Uh, I went to Guantanamo Bay. I saw a bunch of crazy stuff. It really messed me up. Um, they were throwing literally their feces on Yeah, there. yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, like people just don't know. Um, and, you know, I had to make peace with that. I had to forgive those people in the cages because uh, they mm. were, they are people. Um, but uh, I learned a lot about where I was at as a human being back then. And I had to forgive a lot and I had to like look past it and go, Hey, you know what? I 
on some level, I signed up for this. I made the agreement to come here and to do this and to learn. And what am I going to take from it? Because I know I'm destined for something better or grander. that's more meaningful to me. So seeing, you know, people who were, you know, clearly picked up off the battlefield in Iraq and Afghanistan around the world, put into cages and they would throw, you know, like you'd have suicide attempts. You'd have people throwing urine and piss and shit and semen and blood. Uh, and, and so that's common in mo in some correctional facilities as well. Sure. So, sure. and you know, then on top of that, you have a bunch of guys who are trained by the CIA in the eighties, you know, and, I, <laughs> and you're like going, Oh, you fought against the Russians in 1988. And, uh, yeah. Oh, this is okay. Wow. So you're, it's, it's quite an intimidation thing. So instead of me thought of that. being allowed to be afraid, I instead allowed the fear to motivate me to be more courageous. And I kind of lost a little bit of my humanity in that to where it was okay to be a jerk. It was okay to be violent. It was okay to be aggressive. And I never tortured anybody there. I know that's a common thing that a lot of people ask me when I hear I was in Guantanamo, but I never tortured anybody. I saw some questionable methods that were authorized and um, saw some interesting things. And people said, you should write a book about this stuff. But I mean, we had a guy who came in and found out that when he first arrived in Guantanamo, he weighed 98 pounds and uh, he was just really intelligent and he was making bombs. And they said, well, instead of torturing this guy, let's give him McDonald's. And he was 300 pounds when I showed up. <laughs> so, when I showed up, I was like, this guy went from 100 pounds to 300 pounds, and he's talking because he gets Big Macs and McFlurries. Well, God some, bless him. Some people would say you were torturing him. Yeah, so, <laughs> some people would say that. And and this guy's very well college-educated, spoke three different languages. I met another person who was there. He was like spoke like over 20 different languages. And so you kind of look at this. There's something to be learned by these individuals that they're not just – Dirt farmers or camel ranchers. Is, is, is this is college educated, intelligent people? And yes, and is this is this uh, recognition of their of their humanity? Is this something that was recognized and rectified later after, or because I would imagine while this is going on, you have to have a shield up in order to do your job. You have to have yeah. a wall. I, I think that's the natural thing, isn't it? And it is a natural thing, and so that's why I. Some people say heart disease and cancer and all these different wow. things that are so wrong in health and uh, drug addiction and male suicide and violence in America. It's, we are at an all time epidemic of loneliness. Um, so I learned to respect my enemy. Uh, I learned to have a regard for this other person. He's in a cage. He's not in a battlefield. It's not a fair fight. It's not a fight that I would want to have if I was on the other side of it. So, then I started realizing, like, yeah, you do give medical care to these people. So some of these people that were picked up on the battlefield thinking that in order to become a United States Marine, you had to kill a baby. That, that's something you're indoctrinated. It's a, it's a belief. You know, if you want to talk about mind control and manipulation, that's something that happens. The word um, assassin comes from hashishishin, if I'm pronouncing it right, which means hashish. And they used to get young Muslim men in the Crusades high on hashish to where they would pass out and they would take him to another room where they would have sex with prostitutes. And they tell them that you're getting a glimpse of your reward in heaven of, the, of these virgins that you'll have. 
And then they would intoxicate the guy again and pull him out and say he had a premonition and that that's why he should go and fight in the Holy War. That tactic still used. That didn't go out of style. Um, and why we like 18 year olds. Yeah. So you not 25, not 25 year olds who are like going, no, I, I figured out my life. I found the woman that I want to be with. And so, you know, there's something seductive that is luring these men there and, and, and God bless them. You know, so these guys, they go ahead, they get picked up on the battlefield. They're getting sent to Guantanamo, which is like a hundred degrees by 8 a.m. in the morning. And they're going, this is like Miami <laughs> for them. Right. You know, this is like a vacation. They're like, Oh, it's so cool here. It's like 70 degrees by the ocean. Wow. <laughs> and I'm sweating. And they're getting the first time they've ever received medical or dental treatment in the last 10 years of their life. And they're getting square meals and they're not being tortured. And they're going, hold on, what's up? I thought you guys were supposed to kill us. No, we're not. You're an enemy combatant. I'm going to treat you respect. And some of these people started turning. <coughs> they decided to change their minds and say, oh, this is crap. I have information. People are going to get hurt. And so... I mean, some of these guys are sitting there like, you know, is there a chance that I can send my, if I talk, can I get my family to come to the United States to become Americans? I mean, just think about that. Like, that's how fast, like when they start realizing that they've been sold a bag of lies. Well, I think you're, I think that's a great segue into. This is still the best country in the world. I love being an American. I know, you know, it's not really popular to everybody, but to me, it's an amazing country. We can do so many great things together. And they're, even our enemies are going, oh, hold on, wake up call. I want to be an American. But I think you you just, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking through the window at a blue jay right there. I it's saw gorgeous. him too. Isn't it so beautiful? I saw him earlier. Gorgeous. Um, so a little pattern interrupt there. No, it's um, what I, I think is a great segue because what what a person that is has been trained uh, to, to hate us, uh, all of a sudden switches, not all of them, right? There's, there was, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, some people who were very some, committed and then some that were committed. So aren't we, uh, and, and maybe this is kind of an uncomfortable connection, but aren't we in our own places we're stuck and we're all stuck in one way or the other. Either we have huge trauma and we we can't even get out of bed in the morning or, Hey, we just want to get to that next level of business. Yeah. Right. You have the person who uh, is having a hard time finding a job or, or, or leaving that nine to five yes. to start a business. And the guy that's making 5 million and wants to make 10, but for some, it's an easy flip, right? Like, Oh my God, this is a better way. America's yeah. a better way. I, how do I join the club? And then the other guy's going, death to America. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't want to make this into a moral thing about, you know, that the people that were, were, were jailed, but I want to make it about a mental thing. What is right. it in us when we're, 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 where we find ourselves stuck? And how do you get that guy that's so stuck, so committed? And we get committed to being stuck. We right. justify it. And I catch myself doing that all the time. It's a natural thing. How do you get out of that? So you said a key word. It's justified. So I will say that it's twofold. One is evidence procedure and your point of view. It's really where you're viewing the problem from. So um, we'll take the, some of the lovely gentlemen that I met in Guantanamo that were picked up off the battlefield. I mean, some of these guys were, you know, like, Hey, you know, 
if you, you're going to join the Taliban, we got a gun to your wife and children's heads. You're in the Taliban. And they're just conscripted. And they said, if you run away or desert, we'll send somebody back here to kill your whole family. So you better show up to work every day. And that's a real thing. And so there's, there's documented cases of that. So, and that's huge that, trauma. That's huge trauma. I mean, just you, you, so look at who's in, in, in the Go to trauma work or that. die and your family dies. Yeah. And, and not just that, but. We're seeing it now where it's generationally passed down, where these children are witnessing their father being taken away. So, you know, we sit there and go, oh, you know, we have to help. You know, it's an entire, it's three to four generations right now. They're going to be recovering from trauma inside of Afghanistan. Heavily traumatized. So, you know, we talk about reconstruction inside of Afghanistan. It's going to be a huge thing. So let's bring it here to the United States and let's make it a little more universal. Evidence procedure. All right. I ask some people, what's your idea of success? And they go, uh-huh. What's your key purpose in life? Huh? What's a good, what's your idea of a good job? And most of the time it's, I make $85,000 a year. I get to take two weeks of vacation. I get full medical and dental and I get to jump up and down on one foot and take abuse from my boss for the rest of my life for the next 30 years. And then I, you know, maybe, you know, don't die of cancer or heart disease and I can go on a vacation. Man. Life can be so much better than that. Um, and, and you can, you can have the same job and be a company, man. It's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with being a, you know, working for a corporation as long as it's meeting your ideas of what success is. There's nothing wrong with that. I totally think that's fair. So, so, so having we're, the- so we're, we're, we're talking right now. And I, I would call this what you're, you're doing is, is explaining this conversationally, but. Before we were in pregame, you were telling me uh, a couple stories, uh, and you don't need to repeat the details, but, uh, uh, you were, you were telling me a couple stories. I mean, you're literally talking to the person's subconscious avenues. Right. You drop them into a huge deep trance. Right. So it's what people think of hypnosis is what you were talking about. They're in a trance. You put them in a trance. They're gone, and they even had no idea that they just talk to you right. from deep down inside. So that's what most of us think of as hypnosis, right? right. And there's, yeah. and most people, uh, just so I can get this out of the way, think of hypnosis as, you know, look into my eyes, yes. you know, or the look at the, uh, the swinging, uh, crystal or whatever. And there's a uh, lots of ways to, to get somebody into trance. Um, uh, there's other ways too, which you've talked about, and I just want to kind of bypass that. But there's also, uh, and you do that, you like, like you said. Mm-hmm. But there's also kind of what you were just doing. You're explaining it. You're going through stories, and so tell me how that works. I mean, this is well, con- there's conversational hypnosis too. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm located here in Los Angeles. You know, very similar to yourself, and. Um, my, Thank you. I failed to. Yeah. No, 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 it's that. fine. It's fine. Uh, but, but you do counsel through Skype all through over Skype, the country. Or I'll have somebody come to my house or I'll go to their location. Yes. And we work out the details on it. But like my mother, God bless her soul. She lives in the Midwest. She lives in Iowa. She's 60 plus, And I tell my mother what she does and she you know, laughs it off and goes, oh, you're doing that hippie gnosis thing. Hippie gnosis. Yeah, you, you, you and your hippie gnosis. You Californians. You Californians and your hippie gnosis. And she doesn't understand it because that's her experience is this Bengali and the stage hypnosis. So there's another element to it is that 
our unconscious is keeping like an accountant is keeping a ledger of a scoreboard of every loss, win, defeat, injury, uh, moment of grief, moment of love, moment of loss, moment of success. And to the kind of say like, it's almost like they're eating pancakes. I mean, you have a stack of pancakes where it's like all negative stuff or you have a stack and you have another plate where it's like, I'm going to put all the positive stuff. So if you have two stacks of pancakes and each pancake represents a negative belief or a net or a negative or a positive belief, depending on where you're going to place them. Most people are making decisions daily with a hundred negative pancakes with one positive pancake. They're so identified with the failure. They're so identified with the trauma. Um, You'll hear this. I was abused by as a kid by my dad. Okay. And they take that on as an identity, almost like it's their last name. Like this isn't John Smith. This is John who was beaten so, by so, his dad. So, Smith. so so somebody who was, was verbally abused or physically abused takes what happened when they are five years old and it affects them perhaps at 40 negatively. But there are examples of people who were affected positively. From Absolutely. that negative, correct? That yeah. still happens. Like one person who's very open about their abuse is Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Talks about her rape. Oh, yeah. But she also had a bad reputation. Like they called her like the, the village bicycle, I think, in some accounts. Like because yeah. she was being promiscuous. Yet she had this experience where she was raped and she said, hold on, I'm changing my life. I like I'm I'm well, we were I talking about that in pregame. We're treated like this. We're talking about the moving away from. Yeah. So she So you'll hear that one a lot. Away from pain towards pleasure. And so there needs to be a new decision made. And that new decision is if you are a person who's been abused, and I'm talking to you, the audience who's listening, if you're a person who's been abused, just go back to the first time you ever felt angry or you felt you got cheated or something like that. If you were a person and that event no longer affected you, how would you know? How would you know the first time your bike got stolen? They, it, you know, like there's people that leave their cars unlocked. You're like, why? Eh, no one's ever really stolen from me before. You know, if it happens, if they need it more than me, whatever, I have car insurance. I don't worry about that stuff. And sometimes we go, are you crazy? Someone's going to steal your stuff. Right. Like you got to lock your door. And I'm like, well, if I lock my door, they're just going to smash my window and take it anyways. And well, well, what good is a lock then? And what you're, you're, you're taking extra time and energy into keeping your stuff safe or in your property in your control. And so what's the evidence? Well, you are not going to be worried about it. You're not going to be focused on it. Sure. We get things stolen. We get cheated from time to time, but are you more focused on losing a thousand dollars? Or are you more focused on making a thousand dollars? I'm personally, I'm more focused on making a thousand dollars. Um, and that opens me up to so much more. I, I use that line all the time. Uh, I've said this to my wife. You know, will if if somebody leaves a hundred dollar bill out of the middle of the street, yeah, you'll pick it. Up. You, oh, yeah, cool. But you're not so attached to it. But if I have a hundred bucks sitting here and you just grab it out of my hands, now I'm gonna. Yeah, I, right. my natural reaction is to fight you. Give me back my money. You know and. So we'll do more to to to, to uh, stop from losing something than we will to to gain it. Right, and so you, you see this too. Like I think somebody said that like you use more muscles to bring your uh, your body inward to protect than you do mm. to like make an attack, say in, in karate or martial arts. 
and that always stayed with me. And I was like, wow, like, like why aren't you okay? Like, it, I see some people who are like you have to block the punch really hard and aggressive, like, Ugh! and then I'll talk to like an eighty-five-year-old Korean yeah. like kung fu guy, yeah. and he's like, no, I just gently move my hand away, and you know, like, it doesn't matter if it's the hardest punch in the world, I can just move it out of the way, and they prove it to me. I'm like, show me. It doesn't take much to knock something off its path. And uh, sadly, that's a great metaphor for people right now in the United States. I think we have so much cell phone and commercial and billboards and sounds and music. It really distracts us from our goals. And uh, people get sucked into those corporate jobs that, you know, that don't or that business and or that relationship. And they kind of forget the evidence of what it means to be successful. They forget the evidence that should be there for a successful relationship or a successful business or or just a friendship. Um, so that's that's very important. I think it's a, the, the key winning mindset is what is it that you want? And if you can't clear it up, if you can't figure it out, you need to clear up your garbage. And that's something that I come in and do. I help out with you with that. So I know just in our own discussions, because in the you know over the years you've counseled me on on coaching football and yeah, yeah. having fun with that kind of stuff and and some of the insider stuff I've shared with you <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> uh, but you know one of the things I thought of is as you know in in the past we go into our past and we let it affect our future is, yeah, okay, you know, something happened negatively. But I think things happen positively all the time. It's just mm -hmm. what are we focused on? So I remember something uh, that really affected me. And as you were saying that, it made me think of it, was when we were uh, ki kids, little, there was a big uh, bonfire kind of thing going on at a campground we were having. Everybody's... Uh, back then, they're all sitting around, all the parents, and they're all uh, they're all drinking beer, you know, and and uh, yeah, you know, doing doing adult stuff, and the kids are running around, and I was running, getting chased or whatever it was, <laughs> and I ran right towards that fire, and there was something in the way, and I tripped. Oh no! And if I wouldn't have adjusted, I would have landed right in the fire, which. Maybe we wouldn't be having a conversation right now if I would have done that. So everybody, all you hear, everybody's screaming, right? And and last second, I adjusted and somehow twisted my body so I fell sideways instead of forward. Um, that affected my self-belief right. as an athlete. Mm -hmm. How weird is that? All of a sudden now, does that have something to do with me becoming a football player later at a D1 level, which is, is pretty good? I think so. Yeah. So because everybody afterwards, oh, my God, that was amazing that you did that. That was so good, Timmy, that you did that, little Timmy. And, and I'm like, it is? You know, you know. Yeah. But I remember that. I remembered it all these years and to this day. And it affected me and, and I'm sure affects me right now. So... How many of those can we, I think, right? Well, yeah. look, look for those. You can look for those. And, and, and you made a decision. Like a decision was made then. And so did it affect your success in being an athlete? Possibly. But yeah. you saying it obviously is related or you wouldn't have said it. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, yeah, it's totally related. Um, I, I, I love history. So you know, we talk about things that happened when we were kids. Um, 
Napoleon Bonaparte, you know, great military mind and leader. You know, some people hate him. Some people, you know, still speak great highly of him. Um, but uh, when he was a little boy, and it's well documented, his mother used to say when he got him ready to go to school, she said, how's my little king of the world? <laughs> and now we go, well, that guy has a Napoleon complex. He's a short, he's a short guy syndrome. It's like, well, maybe he has a belief that he's meant for something greater. And sometimes that's manifested differently in different people. So having that mindset that you're going to be somewhere eventually at a young age and getting that installed, I think is very key element to being a good leader, a good parent, a good friend. And so um, that's why I always tell people that I care about, like yourself or some of my clients, it's like, you're destined for great things. People need you. People want to hear the value. They want to hear that. And you're going to, hit some disappointments, but what's more important, the the disappointment, the result that got you the disappointment or the mindset that got you to swing the bat, that got you up to, to take a chance to, to push, to pursue, pursue, um, where you want to be. And so that's where I work in. Like, I want you to feel like you're worth it. You can be whoever you want to be. You can go after that success. Let's build the evidence around it. So for me to be a master hypnotist, I had to go around and practice hypnosis. I had to practice the trances. I had to practice conversation hypnosis. And there was very little to no money in it at, at first. And then as I started getting good, I started getting better. And I started seeing results in myself and other people. And people go, wow, you're really good. And then I had other hypnotists that would contact me and say, I need help. I'm like, great, let's talk. Let's sit down. Let's do it. And um, having that mindset and implanting that somewhere in the unconscious and subconscious mind is a total game changer because when you have that mindset, the disappointments, the wins and the losses, they don't matter anymore. You start moving away from scarcity and you go right to abundance when you know there's no such thing as losing. There's no such thing as being broke. There's no such thing as scarcity. There's so much money and abundance in the world. Um, I think before we started, I, I, I looked at the flowers out here in your backyard and just so big and blooming and full. And it's like, wow, like there is no shortage of flowers. You know, <laughs> I can look at a lemon tree and there's just so many lemons that even if we wanted to, we could not sit down and eat all the lemons in that lemon tree. Right. So we find patterns of abundance naturally in, in nature. And so where do we ever get this idea? There's not enough money in America. Where do we ever get this idea that we're not worthy or we're not, I'm, so I'm telling you, you're worth it. You're awesome. And you've got to get that belief. If you don't have that belief, then that's when the conversation starts. So Adam, I, I really, uh, I'm, I'm loving what you're teaching here. Um, is there anything else that you, you, you would like to add before we, uh, we finish up? You know, I, I really want to push this point. Um, quality coaching and guidance is very rare. I get a lot of people that try all these different programs and they plateau. They get a few snippets, but they don't really hit the high point. And there's a huge gap in the self-development coaching arena in that uh, they buy the book and they don't read it. Or they buy the book and they do read it and they don't do the exercises. Or they do... Oh, they do buy the book, they read it, they do the exercises, they go to the seminar, and then all of a sudden the sugar high comes down and they're like, oh, I got to go 
walk on hot coals again for 15 grand a pop and, and hope it works out. And it's like, how many times you walked on hot coals? How many times have you read that book? So, um, bless your hearts. You didn't have the evidence procedure. You didn't have what success meant to you labeled. And then somebody else sold you a different label and you said, Oh yeah, that's it. And unfortunately it became an, an up chain of more upsells to more programs and, you know, to go after the same result of success. So my biggest point is go after the people that understand what your, your idea of success is. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? Um, what is it you need to get there? And also I love meeting people. So if you're hearing my voice, you can go to my website, impactful changes, hypnosis.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm not hiding. Um, you can put my name in Adam Goodson. I'm going to come up on your Google searches. I'm all over the place. Reach out to me, send me an email, fill out my questionnaire on my website and we'll have a conversation, uh, and see if you really need my help. And that's usually where it begins because a, a lot of people get bamboozled, they get swindled. And, um, I think that there needs to be more integrity in the life coaching, uh, arena, um, there needs to be more interaction and honesty and openness and really getting to what needs to happen. So that's my main concern. I really want to see people, uh, heal, improve, um, find their purpose and, and go somewhere with it, get that motivation. Um, so I, I really want to, the biggest thing is I just want people to get it. I really want people to understand these four things, Tim. You're worthy and deserving of love. You're worthy and deserving of being successful and being important, not just to your family, but to the community, to the world. We need you. I want you to know that you're worthy and deserving to be empowered, to have power, to have choices, to have freedom, to go and do what you want to do when you want to do with who you want to do it and where you want to do it. And if anybody tells you otherwise, you can just take those nice little critiques and take them for what they're worth and, you know, maybe start a, a pickle jar, get a big jar and just put those handwritten notes and say, these are the things that don't matter to me anymore. And lastly, there is abundance. There's so much money and love and resources and resourcefulness around you. You just have to ask. So if I think, you don't have those four things, reach out and ask me. I think that if I can share a, somewhat of a testimonial is a couple years ago when we first met. <laughs> that was a good time. Uh, eight hours later, right. uh, we, we chatted about a lot of stuff and, um, <laughs> you got me to share. You didn't get me. I just shared. It wasn't like you were prodding me. You had no idea, but I, we should start talking and I'm just sharing some, some heavy duty stuff that I was going through. And, um, funny enough, jump forward, uh, uh, you know, uh, to, to somewhat recent within the last six or nine months, I think. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you're playing around with me. I'm, I'm asking you hypnosis and NLP stuff and <laughs> we're, we're having fun and you're making, uh, I, I think I'd asked you originally, Hey, how did you get the person at the coffee shop to give you the free coffee? Because when you have these kind of skills, you can get stuff to happen like that and you explained it i thought you did it one way you explain how you did it another and of course 
the way you work, you leveraged it into a number of lessons on multiple levels using some things to distract me. Long story short, uh, I got distracted by one thing while you got me to not see a salt shaker that was sitting on the table at the restaurant and it disappeared. Um, and, and it wasn't like forever it, it, cause I was trying to keep up with you and it disappeared. And, and, um, uh, I was just recently telling that story to somebody and I realized that what a metaphor for the stuff that I had originally, uh, discussed with you that was really, uh, hurting me. And I didn't realize holding me back and what a metaphor for the blind spots that we have in our life. We have so many blind spots. If I can make, uh, or, or I should say, if, if, yeah, if, if I can make a salt shaker, cause at the end of the day, it's, it's my brain that made the pep, salt pepper disappear, right? So, uh, uh, if I could do that, what the hell else am I making disappear out of pain so I don't see it? Um, cause I don't want to deal with it which is actually holding me back, which in my case was, um, and, and, uh, and probably still is, and I still got work to do, but, um, I just want to point that out because, uh, this was all conversations sitting over coffee, eating breakfast and, and right. just BSing with each other. And you're still, Oh, I know what's going on with Tim. And you're, you're throwing out linguistic uh, right. stuff on me <laughs> that right. I, I think we're just talking and you're, you're helping me heal. So I want to appreciate uh, say, I appreciate that to you. Thank you. But I also want to let everybody know that that's what, how powerful this is. Sometimes we're afraid. Oh, I I can handle this. I can handle this. I got this. And you know what? It's, it's a lot faster if you just deal with it. So, um, it's it's interesting around that time frame, I had uh, a very good childhood friend of mine going through a very nasty divorce where his wife just knew how to hit the hot button. Yep. And uh, when they hit to a certain topic, he would hit the bricks and go crazy. Um, and it was, it was making his divorce more difficult, not just for himself, but for his kids. And it was like, okay. So I asked him, I was like, do you want some help? It's like, yeah. I was like, what if you didn't have that reaction anymore? It's like, what do you mean? And this, a very similar thing I did with the salt shaker. I did with his hot button. I made the hot button disappear where he couldn't touch it. He couldn't get, and uh, he couldn't get triggered. And I've done it for women who are facing abuse to where they don't know if they want to stay or go. And you know, let's remove the hot button so that you can have more clarity about the situation. And he quickly realized that his ex-wife was hurting the, the woman I did this with. She quickly realized that her husband was just being abusive and she couldn't get hurt by it anymore. And that gave her the strength to leave. That gave my friend, my childhood friend, and just in a conversation, he's like, here you go. Go run wild. I love your brother. You know, I've, I've known this guy for ever since I was 12. And to see him, I was even at his wedding. And I was like, I love him. I love his wife, his ex-wife. And uh, I didn't want them to fight anymore. I was like, let's take this anger out of it. And he started realizing that he couldn't have his wife hurt his feelings anymore. And that made the divorce more easy for him to go through with. Um, that allowed him to move forward, to get into a new relationship. And, um, that's really what it is. Like that's such a beautiful technique and some people might know it. And I know that some people just can't do it. And, you know, it's like, 
let's let's get the hot button resolved. Why is it being pushed? What you know? What can we stop hitting the button? Can we hit another button on the control panel that says I want to be happy, successful, well paid, and go to bed with somebody I love um, or love being around? And, and that's man. Like so, I'm so glad I could teach you that because um, it's a beautiful, elegant tool. And I, I, I there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, but people need to heal. They need to be self empowered. Well, with that, I would uh, definitely recommend everybody listening call Adam. Check him out, friend him, Facebook, follow him on Instagram. Uh, there's He's always sharing good nuggets, good ahas. And with that, Adam, thank you so much. Thanks. That Thanks, my friend. Me. Have me back. Have me back. I will. I will. <laughs> thank you. That's uh, Coach Tim. We are out. Okay, cool. How was that? I liked it. Okay, I hope I wasn't. It was spiffy. <laughs>